You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Tuesday, June 27th. I'm Zeke Robison. Today, the U.S. is exporting anti-LGBTQ hate online. Make sure to listen to the end to find out what other Wired podcasts you can check out today. About once a fortnight, David Hermes gets an email from a journalist or fact-checker along the lines of, Boys have to dress up as girls in Queer Week at school. Is it true? Spurious claims that drag is being forced on kids are spreading globally, part of a broader trend of false information that misrepresents the LGBTQ community and comprehensive sex education in schools. Discussions of trans rights and touchpoints like Drag Queen Story Hours, which are the nexus of immense cultural conflict in the U.S., have been imported into Europe. Pride Month, which runs through June, has inevitably led to an acceleration of these misinformation campaigns, with far-right figures and conservative commentators circulating falsehoods, some of which have provoked offline attacks. Pride has become a time of obsessive focus by the right-wing media on LGBTQ people, says Ari Drennan, LGBTQ Program Director for Media Matters for America, which monitors conservative misinformation. LGBTQ people celebrate who we are, and that is intolerable to people within the right-wing media. Drag Queen Story Hour, a children's event started in 2015 in San Francisco, but which is now an international network of events and organizations, features drag artists reading children's books and promoting gender inclusion in public libraries, schools, and bookshops. It quickly became controversial among conservative figures and weaponized in culture war narratives, ending up as a flashpoint for U.S. public outrage about sex positivity and gender inclusion, reminiscent of previous moral panic around homosexuality. Anti-drag protests have become part and parcel of U.S. cultural life, with more than 203 mobilizations in the past year, according to the Institute for Strategic Dialogue, an anti-extremism nonprofit, in a June 22, 2023 report on anti-drag efforts. Drag-related initiatives are now relentlessly misrepresented on social media, particularly during Pride Month. False and misleading claims are proliferating that parents are forcing shows on children against their will, and that drag queens are giving children lap dances and indecently exposing themselves. Several U.S. brands have also been caught in the crosshairs of the expanding disinformation efforts. Bud Light Beer's partnership with transgender TikToker Dylan Mulvaney sparked a right-wing onslaught, advancing false claims that the CEO of parent company Anheuser-Busch apologized for the collaboration and that the influencer was the face of tampon brand Tampax. Retail chain Target faced a particularly volatile backlash to its pride merchandise, wrestling myriad falsehoods such as its tuck-friendly swimsuits for adults being for children. Despite having been offering Pride products during the month of June for over a decade, the chain announced in May that it would remove some items after threats against staff and in-store attacks on displays. U.S. culture war narratives have infected other countries and influenced international movements. The Institute for Strategic Dialogue found a footprint of anti-drag pursuits trending the globe, including in Australia, Ireland, France, and elsewhere in Europe with the UK forming the turf for 57 anti-drag incidents in the past year. Their falsehoods are racking up during Pride about LGBTQ people and drag queens alongside the internationalized narrative that children were forced to wear drag to school. 
Uproar about the term cisgender, including the unevidenced claim that it was coined by a German sexologist, also flooded social media in the U.S. and U.K. on June 21st and 22nd, as Elon Musk announced the word cis and cisgender would be considered slurs on Twitter. By traversing social media with anti-drag and anti-trans rhetoric, influential figures from the U.S. have encouraged outrage across borders and induced localized copycat narratives from afar. The online culture wars comes alongside a global wave of anti-LGBTQ legislation and wider backlash against trans rights. Tennessee became the first U.S. state to pass a drag ban in March, kickstarting a slew of anti-drag bills from Texas to Florida. A federal judge on June 2nd deemed Tennessee's law to be too broad and unconstitutional, but at least 14 other states have introduced similar bans. Nineteen states have also in the past year invoked an array of laws restricting gender-affirming care. Meanwhile, Florida extended a ban on gender identity lessons known as the Don't Say Gay Bill to all school grades in April. Politicians in Uganda and Kenya, where gay sex is illegal, have also recently advanced anti-homosexuality efforts, awakening disinformation and homophobia in the countries. The weight of this moral panic is being put into legislation that is affecting people across the United States and the world, says Drennan. That's really dangerous and worrying. Online anti-LGBTQ rhetoric is still not being adequately challenged by social media platforms, according to a new report on user safety by GLAAD, a U.S. media advocacy organization. It found that Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube failed at safeguarding the LGBTQ community from online hate, with the latter four showing marginal improvements but insufficiently enforcing rules. Since at least April, Twitter no longer enforces a 2018 policy protecting trans and non-binary users against targeted misgendering and deadnaming. The platforms are just absolutely failing us, failing their users, and they are complicit in this hate, says Jenny Olson, Glad Senior Director of Social Media Safety. Musk, who took over Twitter in late 2022, has personally posted content mocking trans people and the LGBTQ community, and interacted with far-right anti-LGBTQ account Libs of TikTok. Twitter also profits directly from the groomer narrative, generating up to $6.4 million per year in ad revenue, according to the Center for Countering Digital Hate, a UK organization tracking online extremism. Meta has similarly profited from ads containing anti-LGBTQ slurs, including Groomer, earning at least $5.7 million from over 550 anti-trans ads from the Daily Wire, according to Media Matters for America. These platforms are profiting from anti-LGBT hate, and that's why they're not mitigating it, says Olson, and we should be very angry at these companies. Meta declined to comment. TikTok did not provide an attributable comment. Twitter did not respond to requests for comment. Jen Jamie, Director of Communications and Public Affairs for the UK and Ireland at Google, which owns YouTube, said in a statement, Our policies prohibit content that promotes violence or hatred against members of the LGBTQ community. Over the last few years, we've made significant progress in our ability to quickly remove this content from our platform and prominently surface authoritative sources in search results and recommendations. We remain committed to this important work, and we appreciate the thoughtful feedback from GLAAD. Disinformation online translates to offline hate, Olson says. Physical attacks are plaguing pride, including several vandalism incidents on the Stonewall National Monument, a 7.7-acre landmark dedicated to LGBTQ rights and history. 
Online extremists are also using hashtags encouraging followers to damage, steal, and attack pride flags in at least five U.S. states. In Europe, a spate of anti-LGBTQ attacks saw a woman shot in the head with a BB gun at an equality march in Poland in May, and an LGBTQ center in Ukraine broken into and vandalized on June 13th. According to Olson, many well-established anti-LGBTQ tropes, such as the grooming narrative, are inherently forms of disinformation. It's motivated by a culmination of political motives, to consolidate political power, and to foment hate against LGBT people to retract our basic rights, she says. But the consequences are becoming really disastrous, that people are believing these things and taking violent actions. Make sure to check out our other Wired podcasts, Today in Wired Business, why Google DeepMind's CEO says its next algorithm will eclipse ChatGPT. Checking in on Wired Science, an interesting piece on how in the future, patients won't go to the hospital, it will come to them. And finally, on Wired Security, five ways to make your instant messaging more secure. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com podcasts. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from Wired.com.